What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hernition, joined as always by my co-host and colleague over at Bleach Ship Scouting and at Downtown Sports Network, Devin the Verified Jackson. Devin, how you doing today, bro? Pretty good. Uh, when we're recording, this is Memorial Day, so uh, it's actually a nice day here today in Pennsylvania. Uh, 75 and sunny, finally getting some Really good weather, starting to hit into the summer months, um, so that's good. But yeah, uh, overall doing pretty good, man. Um, just just already diving into the 21, 2021 class, and uh, you know, just trying to kind of balance everything out. I will, uh, I will, I will say this, Devin. I have gone without air conditioning in my house for probably about a week and a half or two weeks, and it was getting up into like the eighties and nineties. And, um, you know, um, well, I'll put it this way. So obviously with me being in Canada, it's not all in Fahrenheit. It's in Celsius. When I got my new, you know, smart uh, thermostat set up today, um, you know, it was 27 degrees uh, Celsius in the house, <laughs> which, uh, yeah. And in the room where we now put the sensor so that it kind of put, you know, makes the whole house cooler. Uh, it was 33 Celsius, which is, I believe, 90, 92, excuse me, 92 degrees in the house. Damn. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's been death for a couple of days, but I'm, I, it, it started working, and I've never been happier for air conditioning in my life, bro. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, that's yeah. having to go without air conditioning, and this time is horrible. Yeah, so I got it. I got it. The you know the, the the cooling system's on. It's 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 lowering the, the the temperature in the house to about like seventy two ish, which is a lot more manageable. You can breathe. It's really nice. But we're not here to talk about my uh, but, but my AC unit. Unfortunately, I could go on about that for days because how happy I am. We're here to talk. I mean, as you said, we're both getting started on the on the twenty twenty one class. You said you've watched probably around like thirty or so names, right? Yeah. I'm at around like 50 with an ungodly amount still left to watch. Uh, my my watch list is 73 players right now. I don't know how big yours is. And these are guys where like I've kind of started, but I don't really know where to rank them, or I just outright haven't started them. But there are a number of guys where I've watched, you know, two or three games on already. Yeah, uh, mine, my watch list is probably, I'm trying to get to at least like 65, 70 by the summer, end of the summer. Uh, but I kind of want to touch base with at least 100 of them just yeah. to, uh, of course, like for me, uh, like we were talking about, about before the podcast started, like kind of my process and thinking is that I do some of the smaller guys first because there's going to be a lot of opinions on people like Devonta, Devonta Smith and Kyle Trask, uh, you know, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Sine, uh, Penny Sewell, Penny. So I can't even say his name. I never can say his name. Maybe one day I'll get it. Penny Sewell. Uh, oh, dude, there's a linebacker from USC where I have no hope of actually saying his name. Right. I think, you know, which one you might know, which one I'm talking about. If not, I'm going to send it to you right now. Hang on. Uh, good luck ever having to say this one. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That, that's a no for me. <laughs> I hope he has a nickname. I hope so. Um, but yeah, so like you're kind of watching the smaller guys. Um, I know some people where it's like, okay, I'm going to watch all the running backs today. I'm going to watch all the quarterbacks, or I'm going to watch all the wide receivers. I literally just sit down in front of my computer and decide, what player from my watch list do I feel like watching today? So like, 
that's why right now I've got like seven quarterbacks, like seven or eight running backs, 11 wideouts, uh, a, a hefty number of offensive tackles, only three safeties. <laughs> it's 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 entirely random and a complete crapshoot for me. Yeah, mine's kind of random too. I don't like, you know, say oh I'm gonna like I've I've been tending to watch like quarterbacks, uh, just so I can that that helps me figure out like other guys to look for in like those specific teams. Like for instance, uh. Eastern Eastern Carolina's quarterback uh, Holton Aylers, uh, he has a receiver named C.J. Johnson that's pretty good, uh, and I saw that only because you know he was throwing to him a lot. Or uh, for example, I was looking at Colorado State's tight end Trey McBride, and I kept seeing Warren Jackson keep flashing across the screen. So for me, it's like I go in looking at one guy, but then I get like three, four, five guys that I end up coming away with, which is always rewarding because like you know some of some of them aren't like you know player break or broken down by player you know what i'm saying like all their film isn't like broken down all the way Mm -hmm. per se so you get to watch you know with all 22 you get to watch a lot of positions because you can literally just keep you know rewinding and look at you can look at each position technically every time that you look at uh you know, you look at a player or look at a play, so that always helps. For sure. So, um, you know, I'm gonna let you have the floor. You you can talk about the first guy that 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 pops when you've uh, when you've been watching the tape, and then we'll kind of bounce back. Maybe we'll give like three, four, maybe five guys each. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, for me, um, I mean, I, I I watched some of the the bigger names. Like for instance, I watched like Michael Penix, Adrian Martinez, people like that. Um, but for me, one of the smaller guys, and I ended up doing like a full thing with him was like Justin Henderson. And, you know, it, it kind of started like, I, I didn't really look at Louisiana tech last year. Like a lot of people did watch Jamar Smith. Um, but to watch Henderson, you, you kind of get, uh, I was talking to, to, uh, caddy llama, like cutups and, you know, he kind of reminds me, he has like kind of a Mark Ingram type style of run, CJ Anderson kind of build, kind of kind of the, along those lines. Uh, and I think that he can be one of those guys that, you know, a team gets third, fourth, fifth round potentially next year. And, you know, he, he can be a, a guy that come in, comes in, not really a, a big name, but he just comes in and works. Uh, and, you know, getting to talk to him, kind of hearing his story, uh, you know, he didn't necessarily have the grades coming out of high school. So he went to prep school and then he was supposed to go to Virginia tech. Um, and then the coaching staff changes there, led him to go to Coffeeville community college. And then he didn't even play his first year at Coffeeville. Um, and then he, he brought off like a thousand and like 10 or so touchdowns his next season. And then he ended up at Louisiana tech. So, uh, just something like that. I always, it's always interesting to hear people's stories even if you don't expect it going in and to hear kind of their progression into becoming like you know somewhat of a notable prospect um i think it's always interesting because not everybody's you know transition and college career is linear you know i mean you look at justin fields for example i mean he he started at georgia uh really the last the last couple of number one picks have all started somewhere else 
Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Kyler Murray, Baker, Joe Burrow. So it's not it's not a a clear path. So I think that's always interesting to, to find out. But he's definitely someone. I, I'm not I'm not gonna pretend like I'm gonna sit there and watch Louisiana Tech games all uh, all fall long. But I'll definitely be tuning in. I think finding players like that always is is all is always nice, especially this early in the summer. Oh, for oh, sure. sure. I think uh, one of the ones that that stood out for me the most when I was just kind of you know messing around looking at the quarterbacks. Obviously, you watch Trevor Lawrence and he's a stud. You watch Justin Fields and you know you understand why he was so you know highly thought of. And I get that Twitter is in, is in a bit of a tizzy right now because some people uh, you know are seen as being Ohio State haters for having. Uh, Justin Fields a little lower than most. I am not one of those people, by the way. Uh, Ohio State uh, Twitter, you can you can gladly come and embrace me anytime you want. Uh, Trey Lance is a boss at North Dakota State, but then there's honestly there's a cliff, and there's a big drop off. And I needed to try to find like some some of the like the sleeper guys like you've been doing. I want like one of those like mid round quarterbacks that I can kind of attach my name to. And I found one, Devin. It's Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Okay. I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot about him. Yeah. Now I don't know how much Cincinnati you've watched. Um, <laughs> probably not a lot. No, not yet. Yeah. Okay. So let me just let me just pull up some of the numbers on um, on. Um, on Desmond Ritter, it's good, man. It's it. He's a good player. He, he his big thing is consistency. I will say that. Um, but like he's got decent size. It's like six three two fifteen. He's got a bomb. Our, our guy uh, Dante and I, we both actually uh, tweeted out the same throw. I believe it's the one against UCLA. He throws it like sixty yards in the air. Just on a dime. It, it was, it's rather rather impressive. Uh, two years as a starter, 2D interception ratio of 38 uh, touchdowns, 14 picks, 60% completion percentage. Um, you know, again, he needs a little bit better touch on the deep ball, but, you know, at very least you're getting a high-level backup. Which, if you're looking in rounds three or four, that's what you want out of a quarterback. And I think that he's, you know got starter makeup he just he needs some work yeah if we're if we're comparing him to anyone from like this past year he's like he doesn't have the arm strength of like a uh, of like a jordan love or jacob eason but that same type of player um you know not as not as like mobile as like a jalen hurts uh and a stronger arm than like a jake Fromm. but i would probably put him ahead of Fromm and hurts from this past year that's understandable. Uh, yeah, like I said, I really haven't seen much of him. I've seen clips of him. Uh, like you said, yeah, I, the, from first impressions, I see he has a big arm. Um, but, yeah, I'll probably definitely dive into him probably later in the summer. Um, yeah. And probably see where he is there. But, yeah, I, I definitely get that. Um, I, I can see it. Um, but for me, next player uh, – I mean, this is this is like, I don't know. I'm kind of like torn on this guy, uh, Adrian Martinez from Nebraska. It's just like, it's just frustrating because like you look at his freshman tape and you see some throws. You're just like, how did he make those throws? Like he has like some legit Patrick Mahomes esque throws where he's like throwing off one foot across his body, 
doing some crazy athletic stuff. Um, he's he's a pretty dangerous runner, everything like that. You know, he has the mechanics, and you can see freshman year, his mechanics were solid. But then his sophomore year, he had like a huge cliff. Injuries obviously played a part in his drop-off, and a lot of people had him go into the season, you know, as a Heisman uh, hopeful. And he, after like a couple weeks, you're like, yeah, this is not happening. Um I'm not going to rule it out, but it just seems like the way that their offense is set up is disadvantageous to him because he can throw the ball down the field. And last year they did so many screens, so many bubbles, uh, so many slants that he didn't really have a chance to show himself as a quarterback. And his offensive line was not, it's never been good. So Half the plays, he's getting pressure, and he has to create outside the pocket. I'm not saying he's going to be any a top-notch prospect or anything along those lines. Uh, I think he'll, if he does leave out this year, he'll probably be like sixth, seventh round, maybe a UDFA because he's a project. Um, but I would like Nebraska to actually throw the ball down the field and use the weapons they have. They have people like Wandale Robinson and uh, – J.D. Spillman and, and players along those lines. When they, uh, I'm trying to think of the receiver that they had his freshman year, uh, Stanley Morgan. When they yeah. had Stanley Morgan, he he really threw the ball down the field, and you could really see him start to progress as a passer. But you know, since then, and really the play calling has been horrendous. Uh, we we watched the Ohio State game against Nebraska. The play calling was horrendous. Uh, they literally ran triple option for one drive because they couldn't do anything else. So I want to see I want I want to see him in a structure where he's actually running plays like he would in NFL. Like I don't want to see him constantly on sprint outs, constantly throwing bubbles, uh doing doing a bunch of um RPOs. I want to see him actually drop back and have to read a defense um you know, whether it's, you know, post corners, corners, things along those lines. I want to see more of those throws because his freshman year, he really showed glimpses of, of being uh, – he's not he's, – I don't think he's ever going to be a top two-round, top three-round quarterback, but he can definitely help his draft sp- stock by having actually decent play calling. So while people are pretty low on him, I think he – I want to see him rise this year. I think he will. Uh, kind of changed the narrative on himself this year. Um, so I'm excited for what he's going to bring to the table. And hopefully he's healthy, and hopefully their offensive line is much improved. Sure thing, man. I, I'm, I'm going to go with a, with a two-for-one special for my next one because they both play wide receiver, and I couldn't really tell which one I, I wanted to talk about more. They're slept on for very different reasons. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Daz Newsom, the uh, wide receiver from North Carolina. And our guy, Rondale Moore. And I'm going to start with Newsom, and I'm going to give out just some, just some stats I found on him. So, okay. This past year, 70% catch, uh, um, uh, like catch percentage. Uh, 72 catches on 102 targets. Uh, 1,018 yards. 14 yards a catch. 10 touchdowns. 27% of the scoring for the Tar Heels offense. 
Um, you know, six catches a game, uh, 85 yards a game. We're talking good numbers. And North Carolina's going to be good this year. They surprised a lot of folks last year, obviously with Mac Brown coming back, and they've got a just freak show quarterback in Sam Howell, uh, who might be 2022's QB1. Uh, but, like, Newsom's going to get slept on because, you know, he's a bit of a, a, you know, kind of an average-sized dude, 5'11", 190, not really imposing, can do some damage in the return game, but he's not going to, like, put up insane stats. Now, Rondell Moore, on the other hand, um, he can put up some numbers, but people may have forgotten about him a little bit because he got hurt last year. But all you need to do is just watch his freshman year against Ohio State. That is Sean Wade he's tearing up for the entire game. And Sean Wade is a top 10 player in this class. And, you know, Rondell Moore may only be 5'9", buck 85. He is one of the strongest dudes pound for pound in the country because I've never seen someone that small be able to, you know, squat and, you know, and deadlift what he's able to with such ease, man. Purdue is must-watch TV this year just because of Rondell Moore. Yeah, you definitely want to see, uh, you know, definitely see him be healthy this year. I mean, Purdue really had a chance to, I'm not going to say they're not going to compete for Big Ten championships, but they really had a chance to make a really solid bowl game last year. Um, and Everybody got hurt. <laughs> yeah, they, they pretty much died. The entire team died. Um, which sucks, but it happens, unfortunately. You know what? He start, Here's how he started the, the year. Now, obviously he didn't do much against Jeff Gladney with TCU, and then he got hurt against Minnesota. But Nevada and Vandy, he had 11 catches for 124 and a touchdown against Nevada, and 13 catches for 220 and a touchdown against Vandy. Jeez. Yeah. That's insane. That is that is ridiculous, right? <laughs> it's just it's just crazy because he's like he's he's just so he's just so damn good. Like everything about him, like you can do so many things with him. Um it, it's just a shame, you know, that he got hurt and, and pretty much couldn't do anything the rest of the year. Uh but yeah, I I mean Rondell Moore he's gonna be one of the end of the summer watches for me, because like I said, uh, while people kind of forgot about him, he's still going to be a big name uh, this oh, yeah. year. Um, but yeah, it's just I'm, so fun to watch, man. Yeah, I'm, I want to watch North Carolina in general. I haven't gotten a chance to watch them yet. Oh, you'll but. you'll like some of their guys, man. They've got they've got two thousand yard wide receivers. They've obviously got Sam Howell for the future, and then they've also got a pretty good running back too. But like with more. This dude had offers. Here's some of the offers that Moore had coming out of coming out of high school. He was he was a uh, a four star according to ESPN and the second ranked player in the state of Indiana. Um, or they have him as Kentucky, but he's from Indiana. He had offers from Texas. He had offers from Louisville, Mississippi State, Ohio State, Penn State, South Carolina, Pittsburgh, West Virginia. He had interest from Bama, and he chose Purdue. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that 
when you're picking a college, you have to take into account like kind of what you want to do in the future of one. And then two, where am I going to play? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dude, like, dude, he he had an offer from the University of Indiana. Can you imagine WAP, Michael Penix, and Rondale Moore on the same offense? It would be insane. That's not fair. That's not Shit. fair. Peyton Ramsey might not even lost his job, if we're being honest. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited for the future for Rondell Moore and, and what he's going to bring to the table. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what who is going to be quarterback of Purdue this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's also going to make a big difference. Uh, but yeah, we're going to stay on the topic of receivers. A guy that I just recently watched over the weekend, uh, Warren Jackson out of Colorado State. Uh, he might be my early draft crush. Um, due to I six, haven't watched him, so the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, dude, six six two twenty. You want to talk about <laughs> when the ball is in the air? Like he's going to get it. Like it is. It's not really a doubt. Like back shoulder. Uh, he'll go over the top of DBs. Um, he'll go up in traffic and, and make contested catches. He'll take big hits, still score touchdowns. I mean, everything kind of about him is like big. He plays big. Uh, he, he's, he's not one of those prototypical big receivers where all they do is catch fades, you know, or all they do is just catch jump balls. Like that's a, that's a good portion of what he does, but he has the ability to, to do a little bit more than that. I was talking to Fornis, uh yesterday about him. And and this is not going to be a comparison or anything, but he kind of reminds me of Michael Thomas and kind of his build and kind of his route running. And, and Michael Thomas' route running is so crisp. And there are times where Warren Jackson's route running is super crisp. Like there's a play uh, against Wyoming where he you know stems the DB to the outside, gets him to flip his hips, and then you know runs a slant. Think like small subtle things like that. Uh, just based on how the team use them. They use them for a lot of out slants, um, curls and goes and fades pretty much. And you want to kind of see him more in that structure, show more of his route tree. I feel like he has the ability to, to do a little bit more. Uh, he does tend to struggle a little bit with creating separation. Um, and that, that kind of tends to happen with bigger receivers. They, they don't have, you know, uh, uh, as good of ability to create separation. Uh, unless you're like Calvin Johnson or Julio Jones or or, thing, or players along those lines. But that's something he he's definitely has to work on. And, you know, he, he battled through some injuries last year as well, which is understandable. Uh, when you're a big receiver, you're going to take hits, um, especially uh, in the lower body because, you know, players are, are going for your legs pretty much to, to take you down. Um but I, I'm, I'm excited about him. I know a lot of people have like six, seven round grades on him right now that have already done kind of a preliminary. Uh, I think that he could be a, a mid, third, fourth rounder. Um, I think that if he continues his trajectory, I think that he can continue to rise, um, maybe even slip into the second round. Uh, but we'll see. But I, I really like his everything about him. And Colorado State is just starting to become a place where receivers are being made. Uh, Kenny Gallup is from there. Um, trying to think of Michael Gallup. Gallup. Yeah, Michael Gallup. My bad. Um, I was thinking about their receiver coach, Kenny Guyton. Um, but yeah, they they've started to make some receivers the last couple of years. So I think he's going to be the the next receiver from Colorado State to kind of make a name for themselves. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, he's he's definitely someone that's been added to the uh, to the watch list. Uh, well, you were talking about him yesterday. There's, dude, there's so many good wide receivers. There's so many. I have 11, and I get like, you know, I have 11 ranked right now, and I get, oh, well, where's this guy? It's like, I haven't even gotten to him yet. <laughs> um, Moving on to my next one. Dude, can, can I talk about two defensive linemen that I absolutely love? Yeah, go for it. I, I, Jalen Twyman from Pittsburgh and Darius Stills from West Virginia. I mean, Twyman's got Twyman's got some fanfare, man. I mean, he's he plays like Aaron Donald did at Pittsburgh, and I know that that's high praise. And obviously, I'm not comparing him to the Aaron Donald that is the best player in the NFL right now, other than Pat Mahomes, like college Aaron Donald, which is still really damn good. Similarly built, uh, he and his teammate Patrick Jones. If you have you watched either of these guys? No, I haven't. Okay, make sure that the first game you watch of them is against Duke. Okay. Uh, are these from North Carolina or Pitt? No, these are Pitt. Pitt, gotcha. Because those poor like civil engineering majors that are playing offensive line at Duke stood no chance of blocking these guys. The two of them combined for four and a half sacks. And had like six more pressures like each. They just lived in the Duke backfield the entire game. It was it was rather terrifying. Um they're just they're they're just badasses. And then Darius Stills has one of my favorite stories of uh of a player from last year. So obviously West Virginia was not the greatest team. They were, I think, three and five at the time of this particular game. So they're facing they're facing Baylor, okay? And early in the game, Stills gets a sack to like force a fourth down or whatnot. And he's talking to like a school sideline reporter or you know like a a local affiliate. It's like, well, you know, I just want to you know tell you guys that Baylor's offensive line is soft. All right, well, first off, bro, you're losing in this game. And two, you're at West Virginia against Baylor, who is, at this point, still undefeated. Maybe not the best idea to, to talk that much shit, right, bro? Right. Yeah, he got two more sacks. <laughs> Finished with three. Uh, again, first game I watched of him was against Baylor. So, like, these guys, I mean, there's a there's a play of Darius Stills that, I, that I've tweeted out. And he, he, it's against Baylor, gets pressure up the middle, uh, quarterback for, for Baylor, Charlie Brewer, escapes the pocket, and I'm, I'm not kidding, Darius Stills actually loops around behind Charlie Brewer and an offensive lineman to then come and sack him face to face. Yikes. Like, hang on, I gotta send this to you, because I know, I know you don't believe me. <laughs> Hang on, let me send this to you because you're not gonna believe this. All right, do, do, do. my producer's pulling this up now. Uh... All right, hang on. We're we're gonna cut some of this. All right. <laughs>
Alright, I'm sending... The, yeah, here it is. I found it. it. It took me a little while to find it, but... There, check this play out. Oh my god. Yeah, see what I mean? Damn. <laughs> he stayed with it. It was just like, yeah, you know, rather rosy, and then yeah, I'm gonna go sack him anyways. Uh, yeah, uh, Darius Stills, I mean, again, West Virginia did not have a great defense last year, um, they were not, a a very good team in general, um, but he single-handedly kept them in that game against Baylor, because they only lost by three, and it was largely because he just collapsed their offensive line on a play-by-play -play basis. Uh, so yeah, he definitely needs more uh, respect, and Jalen Twyman is uh, defensive lineman number one for me. Gotcha. That's what's yeah. up. Man. Your turn. All right. Um, let me see. Who do I want to talk about next? Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't. I haven't watched a bunch of defensive guys yet. Um. Like I'm, I'm, I've done a bunch of offensive guys. Uh, let me think. I won't. I kind of want to do something different here. Uh, tight ends. Yeah, let's let's go tight ends. So all right, because I've only uh, watched three, and I've only watched like the three that everyone has at the top of their list. So yeah. So uh, I've I've kind of dug a little bit of tight end and and playing tight end. Uh, you know that that kind of you know, lends me to want to scout them more and kind of look for other guys. I mean, you know, the Pat Fryermuth of the world, Charlie Kohler, uh, Matt Bushman from BYU. I've seen getting a lot of, a lot of hype as well. Um, I think, I think I said Fryermuth maybe. I think I said that. Yeah. You said yeah. I, I've also got Kyle Pitts and Brevin Jordan. Yeah. Those, those two guys are, are being talked about, but someone that, uh, it's, it's kind of another Colorado state guy. Uh, I'm I guess I'm going out West for this one. Um, but yeah, Colorado state, uh, tight end Trey McBride. Uh, that's someone I'm probably going to do some breakdowns later in the week of, um, but he, he's just, a he, over the course of time, he, he's only a sophomore last year. Uh, he played a little bit as a freshman, but, you could see him as the year went on. He started to really develop himself and really start to become uh, the number two target um, for Colorado State quarterback. Uh, I think his last name was O'Brien. Um, yeah. But you can see him start to progress over the year. I think that uh, I'm excited about um, about McBride because uh, one, it really hasn't been too much said about him so far, and then two. Uh, like I said, he got really good as, as the year went along. Um, he's not he's not going to be one of those tight ends that kills you with speed. Uh, he's more of a balanced tight end, uh, per se. He, he's definitely used a lot in run blocking, uh, used as kind of a, a wing slash fullback uh, role as well at times. Uh, he can hold his own as in blocking. He, he always finishes blocks, so he's always trying to pancake somebody. Uh, so you love that kind of tenacity out of a tight end. Uh, Love six, it. Uh, six four, two sixty. Um, he he he'll go up and make the tough catches. He's not like super vertical. He, he doesn't have a crazy vertical. Uh, but he's he's one of those solid tight ends. I don't I don't know if he declares at the end of this year unless he has a monster season, uh, which he very could well have. And he had over five hundred receiving yards and five touchdowns just last season. Um, 
including like a 69-yard one against Fresno State. Uh, but he, he makes people's miss in the open field. Uh, he he plays big. Uh, someone always goes for the yak. Um, not going to go down on on the initial contact or anything along those lines. Uh, someone that, you know, like I said, in a tight end class that's really top-heavy, uh, that has a lot of guys, uh, like you said, Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Charlie Kolar, some of those other guys. Uh, I think that he can he can really start to make a name for himself. Probably a late round tight end at this point. That if he decides to go back, he could be uh, one of the top three or four tight ends in a twenty twenty two class. All right, that's gonna be an interesting one. I got to sit down and watch it. Colorado State with some dudes. You wouldn't necessarily expect it. Yeah, I, I, if I told you last week or like three weeks ago that I'd be watching Colorado State offense or even Louisiana Tech's offense at all, I'd be like, you're lying. But <laughs> Alas, here we are. All right, I got one more for you, all right? Now, this is a dude I have heard almost no fanfare about, and he's an SEC guy, which you would think it shouldn't be possible, right? It, it shouldn't be. People are all over be. that. Especially when you get three picks against Georgia. It's the corner from South Carolina, Israel uh, Mukawamu. Now, I'll tell you, Devin. The problem I have when watching South Carolina's defense is both of their corners, so Mukawamu and uh, you'll love the the guy opposite of him. It's J.C. Horn, son of Joe Horn. Does that make you feel old yet? Super old. Yeah. So both of those guys are like so. Mukwamu is six foot four, and J.C. Horn is I think six two. South Carolina has them play like ten yards off the line of scrimmage, which I absolutely hate when I'm watching. You have a dude that's six foot four. Let him get physical. He's six four and two ten. It's bigger than some of these linebacker prospects I've seen. Let him jam a dude at the line. So you watch the Alabama game. And unfortunately for Mukwamu, he's getting torched in front because Alabama's got these speed demons that run underneath routes. He's six foot four and can't close that quickly when he's already backpedaling and he's ten yards off the line of scrimmage. But the Georgia game, man, Jake Fromm is having nightmares about throwing his way because it did not go well a single time. First quarter interception. There's, uh, I want to say there's like a third quarter interception, and then there's the pick six, which sealed it for South Carolina and saved, um, um, oh God, what's their coach's name? The uh, Muschamp his job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that interception saved Will Muschamp his job. He dominated Georgia, uh, and it wasn't, it, it, the thing is, is that you could tell Fromm was scared of, of throwing uh, uh, Horn's way, so he just wanted to throw it you know, towards Mukwamu, and he made him pay every single time. I don't know if Georgia actually completed a pass on him. And because he's 6'4", he'll come up and bang in the, in the run game, too. This dude needs more respect, man. If South Carolina was better, he'd be getting talked about. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, Colorado State was four and eight last year. Like, <laughs> no one, no one really cared. You know what I'm saying? Like, people, people remember Warren Jackson because like he caught two fade passes on Alabama like three or four years ago, like his his uh, freshman season. So a lot of people kind of like remember him from that. Um, 
and, and kind of doing those things. But I, I think it's interesting when you find even you find the, the diamonds in the rough, so to speak, because they are on a horrible team, but they literally do everything they can to carry the team in, in some sort of way or, or they do their job, basically. But everybody else doesn't, you know, so it, it's really it's really tough. Uh, for some of those players, but finding them, uh, finding some of those, those uh, group of five players, especially, um, I think that's always rewarding, uh, especially, you know, like I said, when, when people aren't really talking too much about them, I think that um, those are, those would make me so excited about the draft, like hearing those draft stories, hearing those guys, uh, you know, like uh, Kyle Duggar last year, or, uh, you know, some of the, some of the smaller school guys, like, like Trey Lance is, is getting a lot of hype. Like who would have thought like a, a North Dakota quarterback is getting hype before we even get into the season, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I've seen like, there, there's a guy like in my backyard named Jason Brown. He's a St. Francis, uh, PA football guy. And he's getting some respect from, from some of the draft guys. So I think it's interesting that, you know, scouting has be- become, like you, you're finding players from all over the country. You know what I'm saying? This is what NFL teams do, and now draft Twitter is catching on board as well. Like we're we're starting to find the guys too uh, that we we like and that we you know can see translate to the next level. Like obviously we're not going to be right about everything, and, and part of the debate of that yesterday, you know, on Twitter. Oh, that was yeah. not a fun. That was not a fun talk. Yeah. So so it's like. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we're both doing it because we, we love doing it. And, and a lot of people have share that same sentiment. We're we're not going to pretend like we're, uh, you know, experts or anything like that. I mean, I, I got a few of my predictions right this year in terms of where players we drafted. Like, you know, just mainly Big Ten guys since I watched so much of them. Uh, like Ruiz, I said he, he should go first round. And then I was saying that uh, Zach Bond's probably day two or day three. Um, and you've had your, you know, your predictions right as well. Um, but at the end of the day, we're not, it's not like we're getting paid for our predictions. We're just, uh, we're just doing, you know, what we love at the end of the day. So I think it's always rewarding, you know, when one, you know, the player like finds the tweets or whatever, and then it kind of just gets shared and then it kind of gets reused once, you know, it gets into full swing in the season. Uh, and then two, um, just being able to talk to some of these players, I think that's always the coolest part because you get to ask them the kind of their process and you, you ask them, you know, things that t- NFL teams get to ask them, you know, you ask them like, mm. you know, what, what do you want to prove on, you know, what, what types of things you bring to the game, what kind of attitude you bring, uh, you know, how did your coach shape you, things along those lines. I think that that's always the most interesting part to me in, in scouting and, how everyone is watching different players. Like it's not just all keyed on keyed in on the same 30, 40, 50 players. Like there's so many players out there that, you know, me and you have no clue about that. We players we've watched that other people have no clue about. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's all fun, man. Oh yeah. You got one more? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll close it out here. Uh, so offensive line, it, it, I, th- I feel like that position in general doesn't get a lot of love, you know. Uh, I, I think that, you know, people 
that's always like something later that people do. Like everybody wants to see the big plays and, and wants to see, uh, you know, players, you know, making touchdowns, interceptions, tackles, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, offensive line, you know, to me, I think that that's always one of the more important uh, positions in the draft. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, kind of going in my own back- backyard here, uh, a player that I'm really keeping an eye on this season because, like I said, um, it's not someone that, you know, people are, are actively looking at, but it, it's uh, Penn State tackle Will Fries. Um, they got yeah. two good ones. They got Fries, and they've also got that Rasheed Walker kid that I, I need to check out. <clears throat> yeah, so Rasheed Walker, I think, I believe he was a freshman last year, uh, but he he really he really held his own uh, going into the season. Now they did him a disservice because they they put Chase Young one on one with him uh, in that in the Ohio State Penn State game, and I still don't understand why they were single blocking him. Uh, I will never understand that. But Will Fries, he is just a solid tackle you know what i'm saying like i think he has the versatility to play guard the next level as well but he's just someone that you know run blocking wise he's always creating holes for for running backs like journey brown who i'll probably be looking at in the next few weeks even though i got to see him play kind of in person a few times um pass protection always solid um you know i mean obviously there's times he gets beat there's times where he oversets there's times where he um, he takes a poor angle on his set, and he kind of let, lets like smaller defensive ends or faster defensive ends kind of get around the corner on him. Uh, Josh Uche kind of comes to mind in terms of that. Um, but I think that he's someone that will be probably a third, fourth-round pick next year. I don't expect him to be uh, in, in the top two, three tackles or anything along those lines, but I think he's someone that can be a day-one star, can kind of develop into a day-one star in the NFL eventually. Um, and that's someone that, at the end of the day, I think he's just a solid player all around. He doesn't do anything like off the charts well. His athleticism isn't off the charts or anything along those lines. But he is just a solid tackle that that you can trust and that can hold his own against really anybody. Um, so so getting to watch him uh, not only in person but kind of looking through his film as well, I think that's someone that will uh, continue to rise and continue to kind of catch player you know, people's uh, eyes when they start to watch Penn State's Journey Brown and Sean Clifford along those lines. There's so many good players uh, just in this class, man. I think this is looking like it's going to be at very least on par with the 2020 class, uh, even though we are way, way, way far out. Uh, I'm out of guys. I think you're out of guys. We have some surprises coming down the pipeline for you guys. That, uh, you're going to have to follow the account on Twitter, at Big Shots Pod. If you want to keep in touch with uh, Devin and myself, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. And until next time, guys, see you around.